welcome to the Law of Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Law of Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Welcome to the very first episode of the Law of Positivism podcast. I'm so happy that you're here and that we're connecting on this channel now. I know many of you have been following me on the Law of Positivism Instagram account that I've been channeling through for many years. I started the account back in 2014 as I was going through a very deep process of spiritual awakening and I just felt like I needed to share what I was learning and what was coming through me. So that's why I started writing and channeling and it's been such a beautiful tool on my spiritual and healing journey and I'm super happy that we can connect on this frequency now for me to be able to connect and share in this way and also bringing on some beautiful and inspiring guests to the podcast that can help you on your journey. My intention and goal with the podcast is to bring you more healing, more awareness and to raise the consciousness and the frequency in the world and I hope we can co-create this new vibration together. And in this very very first episode I talk with someone who has inspired me very much uh, with her art. It's Amanda Lynn Hales. She's a collage artist and a writer. And maybe you've seen the collage she has created for me uh, and her art in my posts and in my stories. They're really ethereal and magical and she really channels something really divine through her art. And she's also the creator of uh, two oracle card decks, the message from the divine and also the inner child deck. And I love using oracle cards to bring some beautiful messages and guiding to myself and to all of you. And we tap into topics in this episode around the creation of art, around how to use your intuition and how to use oracle cards on your spiritual journey. She also shares her own journey into spirituality and how she learned to cultivate more self-love. I love the conversation I had with Amanda and I hope it brings some light and awareness to you as well. If you like the podcast, I would love for you to just leave a review so that more people can find it. and You can subscribe to not miss out on any episodes that will be published the coming weeks. And I hope you love this. I hope it brings so much abundance to you. And I hope you just enjoy this first episode. Hi, Amanda. Welcome Hi, to the Shireen. podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm so happy to connect with you. Uh, I feel so inspired by your artwork and your energy. So I'm very happy to have this talk with you. 
Well, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Great. Uh, could you just start by sharing how you stay mindful and present? Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's really difficult for me to um, stay mindful. It's, it's easy for me to detach from my body and go really deep into my thought life. And so one of the things that I have started doing is every 15 or 20 minutes, what I'll do is I'll bring my consciousness forward to exactly what I'm doing to my body. I'll look at my hands. I'll feel my body. I'll feel the energy inside of my body. And then I'll release it. I'll just let the stress go, let the energy go. And I will ask myself, is this what I should be doing right now? And, you know, sometimes the answer is no. <laughs> sometimes it's yes. But that's the practice that I keep to stay mindful because I've tried other practices that are more, um, I guess, like individually, like you spend 30 minutes a day doing it. It really wasn't consistent enough. I needed something, you know, you know, every 15, 20 minutes to sort of like help me stay mindful because it's very easy for me to get distracted. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, so we first connected on Instagram. You create this amazing and magical art through collages and you make these really mm -hmm. ethereal and dreamlike states of art. And I just want you to maybe tell the listeners how you were guided towards creating this art and what what motivated you to do it? Sure. So I, I started creating collages in February of this year. So it hasn't been very long. Um, I have a somewhat of a history in art, but my awakening, I guess my spiritual awakening started about six years ago. And I've slowly needed something else to express myself and uh, around the beginning of this year, I found myself moving into a new place that I had never been before, really focused on my self-worth and sort of saying, okay, Amanda, whatever is inside of you is worth coming out. You know, you have something that only you have and only uh, you can provide to the world. And so it started, I found a, an artist on Instagram and I saw this, it was a collage and I saw it and I was like, what is this? I, I'd never really seen it before. And it just, you know, sparked something inside of me. And so then it slowly became a way to sort of speak to myself about my worth. Um, it also became a way to sort of touch my inner child because, you know, I was always so fascinated with fantasy and wonder. And then also, it's a way to uh, channel messages from the divine and from the visions that I see when I uh, spend time, you know, in my inner places and in my inner worlds. And, um, and so that's like the main inspiration for me, those really those three things. And so that's what got me started. And, and then the Oracle cards that I make sort of came later. I had made all of these images and they were, you know, they were very mythical and mystical, very divinely uh, created, but they were also intuitively created. So I, I didn't know what the message was behind them. And I, I was looking at them and I started getting messages and I was like, whoa, this is the message with this image. And so 
then I just uh, created the first deck. Once my images had already been made, it kind of all came together. And the first deck came together and it was very intuitively done. I didn't premeditate, you know, any of it. I didn't think any of it through. It just all, and, and all the images fit. And so after that, it was kind of like an awakening of, wow, uh, intuitively made art is very powerful. And so I sort of surrendered to myself to that process. Now I try to anyway, but um, I try really hard to surrender to the intuitive process. Wow. That's so amazing. And, and just looking at art can invoke so much inspiration and, and just uh, it can be a meditation to look at art and just seeing a different perspective and a different world as you project the inner worlds uh, onto your art. And it's, that's what makes it so amazing. And I think that's a beautiful thing to share with the world. Um, and I would like to hear how you have also worked with your inner child as you just tapped into that a little bit. Oh, uh, sure. So the, um, with the artwork or just in general? Well, just in general, and then maybe also with the artwork, how you've like worked with that and just the healing around the inner child, maybe? Yes, of course. Um, so I don't remember exactly when I first started, but I started visiting myself at various different ages, um, I guess in my inner realms. So I would visualize myself or I would create a space so that my four-year-old self would come. And I would just have conversations with her and talk to her about the things that she, you know, wanted to do. And I know that in some, well, I've seen that sometimes the inner child is sort of portrayed negatively in a negative light because they're, you know, sort of, quote unquote, running our lives as adults because they have these intense emotions. They have these, you know, pains that they experience, you know, that we experienced when we were younger that never really fully were addressed. And so that pain is, you know, still in your four-year-old self. And so whenever it comes up, you know, that aspect of your four-year-old self comes with it. And so because of that, there's some negative negativity surrounding the inner child. And the first time I saw myself, I was, I knew that, you know, I guess you could say she was bratty, <laughs> but I just saw so much beauty and I felt so much love and compassion for her and I was like I you know and I started crying and it was very emotional and I was just like I'm so sorry that I have never taken the time to love you properly mm -hmm. and so that was really sort of like the first step and then you know sometimes I'll just invite my younger self to help me create and I feel like you know I'm really drawn to like vintage children's book illustrations and I think that is an aspect of involving my inner child in my creating process um I've always been fascinated with the wondrous the mystical and uh, so that's really also portrayed in my art but it feels sort of sometimes to me when I look at it I'm like I can feel the the childlike wonder in it it's not necessarily from an adult perspective it's from more like my inner child's perspective. So it's giving her a voice that she never had. She didn't really have a voice um, to speak of when, you know, when I was younger. And so it's a way to give her a voice and to speak in partnership with me. And so that's another way that I've used art to 
to really speak to my inner child. And um, just to today, I so I made an inner child deck, and it's not so much focused on speaking with your inner child as more as activities that would support your inner child or questions that would support your inner child. And I pulled the, um, the journey home card, which is just about being at home in your body. And it was wonderful. And it really spoke to her. And I was like, this deck's working. <laughs> so I was excited. And so that's what I did today for my inner child was, was pull an Oracle card. Wow. And, um, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to Oracle cards is because as children, we have this desire for magic to be real. And, um, and the way that I grew up, magic was not allowed. And so when I found Oracle cards, it was like magic sort of in a physical, in the physical dimension that you could feel and touch and see, and you would pull one and you get a message and it was you know, always accurate, <laughs> at least 95% of the time. And, or you could learn something from it, or you could ask a question about yourself. And so it felt very magical. And it was a way for me to connect and say, this is, this is okay. This is good. Like, and my inner child was always very, very happy because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I know for myself, you always want magic to be real when you're a kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's amazing. And just like hearing you speak about it and just having that knowing as a child, there's so much knowledge and wisdom in children. And then we end up being overwhelmed by information and, and um, dogmas outside of us that mm -hmm. might hold that magic back within us, but we can always tap into it. And there's some sparks and some inspiration that comes come to us and we just feel open to it again so i think just by creating and, and looking at art and also working with our inner blockages i think we can just find that potential within us and just re remember just remember like what we are uh, what we're here to do and mm -hmm. that's why I love to work with Oracle cards as well, as you know. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a simple way um, to get guidance and clear messages. And anyone can work with the Oracle cards. It's not that someone else needs to channel uh, mm -hmm. cards for you. You can work with the cards with your own energy, with your intention. And then you can get so much clarity and so much guidance from them. So I think like working with them on a daily or weekly basis can help support and just uh, give you a new perspective. So I'm really interested in, in the Oracle decks that you have created because I've, we've seen your art. It's amazing. And then how was the process of creating Oracle cards, like what it, how do you start? And is there a structure, a theme, like how you can take us through the process maybe? Sure, of course. So I'm going to take you through the process of my, I guess my most recent deck, mm -hmm. um, because the first one obviously was purely uh, intuitive and I didn't even know I was gonna make one until I already had all the images together. But what I do now is Obviously, for me, it's very intuitive. It's very divinely led. I will meditate on an idea and I'll be like, 
is this sort of like a theme, like an overall theme that I need in my life that I think other people might be blessed by? And I'll just sort of let that theme roll around in my soul. And then if it, you know, if it sticks, I will put it down and just like the inner child deck. I knew, I said, I need something every day to remind me to check in with my inner child, even if it's not necessarily saying, you know, not even if 21 cards are not checking with your inner child. You know, I know that this deck was made for an inner child. And so I was like, I need this. And so if I need it, there might be others out there who it would benefit as well. And so that was the, the first step is finding a theme or something that is important to you or meaningful to you that you feel like you can create a deck around. Okay, so the next thing that I do is I will, if I'm going to make suits, I'll split up the uh, cards into suits. Or if I'm not, I will just start doing bullet points. And so it'll be, you know, one word, two word, maybe three, just a general guideline of the bullet points that I would like to have in the deck. And those are also not necessarily intuitively led, um, but I do believe that they are. I also keep myself open throughout the day just if some an idea pops in my head I'll go and I'll write it down real quick and, and I'll be aware of how I engage with my surroundings how I engage with my inner child and so that it helps me to sort of think of new ideas so once that's done once the bullet points are done or at least a few of them and sometimes I start creating the artwork for it before I even have bullet points then I will start making the decks and, I mean, the images for the decks. And so I'll sit down, I will open up my program, and I'll look at the blank image, and I'll be like, okay, what's next? What's coming? And I'll just sort of, like, have this feeling of what needs to go there. And then it all sorts, the image sort of, it doesn't, <laughs> it feels like it creates itself because it's intuitively led. And so it's one image, and then the next image, and you cut, and you paste, and you layer and at the end, I look back and it's like, oh, and then normally what happens is that image will code, well, it always um, corresponds with a bullet point that I have. And then I'll merge the two and the image will actually give me a lot of inspiration for the uh, message that's on the card or that goes with the card. And so the image and the bullet point that I had, or sometimes it's a few sentences, will merge together and become something new this and um, that's how each card is made and so after all of the cards are made which I also do in my program then I sort of just review everything and then I post it on the printers and order proof and then <laughs> so <laughs> wait before I can put it up but that's sort of the um, just the outline of how the process works for me mm. yeah it sounds really beautiful and I think it's really clearly channeled in your cards as well that like the time and effort and um, intuition that goes into creating these and I think uh, many listeners maybe have never worked with oracle cards don't know what they are maybe um, so maybe you can explain a little bit about the oracle cards and how you sure. work with them actually sure I can um, I started Though I will say that I'm definitely not going to be the foremost authority on Oracle <laughs> cards. I started using them in February, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but so I, my background that I come from 
states oracle cards as not you know not something that's good mm -hmm. and so i had some trepidation before i you know i took the little step and started using mm -hmm. it but what i use them for um i don't necessarily ask any questions i'm more looking for that inspired message to come to me so i will connect with a deck and i'll pull them out and i will you know connect um with the cards just send my light into them and then I'll shuffle them and I'll pull one. And I'm always looking for a message for this day and for whatever aspect, you know, that could happen or has happened. A lot of times it's an encouragement, sort of like, oh, this just happened or it is happening. And, you know, it's like, I feel seen. Um, and sometimes it's, oh, this is, you know, you need to think about this. And so I don't necessarily um, use them as much as a directional means. I use it more of a, as a meditative tool and an encouraging tool. It's kind of like having a best friend. Mm, exactly. <laughs> That's how I think of Oracle cards is for me is you, uh, you shuffle, you connect with one, you shuffle them, you pull them out, you look at this image, you know, you connect with the artwork and you read the message and then it feels like a friend has just stepped up beside you and said oh wow i know what you're going through today or oh wow you did something so awesome and i you know i can't wait to see what's going to come next and so for me um that's how i i use oracle cards in my life and i'm not a very disciplined person mm -hmm. I do everything almost intuitively, but discipline is something that I am working on incorporating more um, into my life. But so I will, but I do pull an Oracle card um, about every day and sometimes multiple times a day, um, especially when I feel as though I just want um, a little pick me up. So. It's a great way, I think, uh, to, um, for the listener spiritual path and and just not wanting to put too much effort into learning all these things i think the oracle cards are a very easy system uh yes. for guidance i mean if you if you compare it to uh, tarot cards which are more structured and have more mm -hmm. like other symbolisms and small small um, intuitive messages and you have to learn the whole system to understand the, the spread that you get with the oracle card it's it's like a, an easy step into that and also mm -hmm. to tap into I mean working with the oracle cards uh, you can tap into the energy that is around you with your guides with your angels with um, ascended masters with your uh, foremothers and forefathers like everything so mm -hmm. just seeing the cards as a physical uh, tool for something that it could come to you in meditation uh, easily as well so we're not in need of these physical tools outside of us but it can be an easy step to start with uh, and to start channeling a little bit for oneself and then mm -hmm. you can take it to the next level and start meditating on the cards and, and meditating on the messages that you get to go deeper in. So I think it's a really beautiful way of working. And 
I'm I'm so like in love with your the beautiful collages that you make and share on, on Instagram and I I'm just curious about that process as well because you did uh, you did create a collage for me uh, mm -hmm. where you somehow uh, tapped into my essence and my soul <laughs> and and created this visual of it I would say and it's it's so beautiful that I just want to jump into that collage and live there <laughs> um, so I, I, as I look through your your art I can see that you're channeling something uh, you're channeling the person's uh, essence and soul and I just wanted to know like how is that process like how how do you do that and how do you bring out these perfect small elements to to complete and and to um project this physically well thank you one for your compliments <laughs> and two i am so blessed that you um, are touched so deeply by the collage and three to answer your question mm -hmm. So for me, when I see an image, I was a photographer from for over 12 years. Wow. When I see an image, it really speaks to me. It speaks to my soul. And when I see an image of a person, a lot of times I will get a glimpse into their aura, their soul. It, it's like it was captured on film for me. And that, that includes digital as well. I think, though, for analog, it is a little bit more powerful. But digital, it, it definitely comes through. And so, you know, it really depends on the person and sort of how I would say open they might be. When I see an image of a person that has a very open, very kind, you know, spirit, it jumps at me. And I, I just, I want to create a collage <laughs> of them because I want to see what comes through. It's almost like, um, and I, I can, if I focus on someone from no matter the distance, I can see aspects of who they are. And I think their aura is what comes across strongest to me, but I can feel things too. And they're, it's very gentle, but you get small impressions. And so whenever I'm creating, I look deeply at that image of the person. And I think, what do you need? come out or you want to say or what would bless you or who are you and and then it starts coming and I start creating and so I think it definitely I would say honestly <laughs> that it's a collaboration mm. especially for the custom collages because if I didn't have that picture of that person with that message inside of them I don't the collage wouldn't have you know the collage that comes out wouldn't exist if it or sometimes even a different picture because um, I feel like I can, well, to me, I receive energy as well. So if there's a slight undercurrent of a certain energy in a picture and maybe you're one quote unquote, or, you know, like more um, symmetrically desirable, a lot of times I'll, will gravitate to the picture that has the energy that speaks to me not necessarily the uh, structural component. And so um, the energy that they have, um, that they had when the photo was taken and that they continue to possess, 
really speaks to me. Um, and it wasn't necessarily something that I was always aware of or could tap into um, consciously. But the more sensitive I get, particularly by trying to live intuitively, very um, surrendered to the, the path before me, the more I surrender to that, the more I'm able to feel a person's energy through an image to pick up on these small little details um, that come across. And, and then they, they come out in my collages. That's amazing. Did you want to know any technical details as well, or I think that's that <laughs> that's perfect, and and okay. it really uh, brings me into the curiosity in me starts with just wanting to know how you started working so intuitively, and almost it seems like you work with other psychic abilities that you have. Is that something that you? Uh, grew up having or was it something that developed uh, with, the, with the years or, or how or did you do something like actively to start tapping into that? Okay well I remember as um, an older child sort of a young teenager when I first started noticing probably around nine that I just knew things that other people didn't know and you could, I could attribute it to, um, I guess, my personality type. I notice a lot of details, and then I believe that my uh, subconscious processes them, and I end up knowing things. And, and that's what most people call um, intuition. Mm. And so I would say that I had a strong intuition from a small age. Um, I don't really remember much before nine. But slowly, well, there was a, there was a period in most of my teen years, and really until 25, where I didn't really trust myself. And so that sort of cut off my intuitive abilities. And when you don't trust yourself, you can't, you can't hear. And so I started the process of self-love and self-trusting, self-confidence, self-worth, all of those wonderful things. Um, when I was around 21, and it really started taking off when I was 24, 25. And that is when I started, once I started trusting that I could hear and I opened myself up to all these possibilities. And I think those are the main two things is opening yourself up to, you know, whatever may come. And that's the surrender aspect, but also trusting yourself, because if you open yourself up and you don't trust, then you're not going to be able to um, sort of decipher the messages that come. And so at least for me. And so when I started trusting myself and opening up around 25, I just started getting downloads and I had visions. I had out-of-body experiences. Mm -hmm. Things just started happening and I didn't have words for them because I wasn't aware. Um, I was definitely unaware of all of just the variety of things that existed I guess, um, in the metaphysical or the spiritual or different realm. And so experiencing that, it led me to see just how beautiful a surrendered life was, an intuitively lived life, and how healing it could be. And so I remember thinking that this is what I want out of my life. This is what success is. This is what truly living is for me, is to be fully surrendered. 
and in connected and woven into the tapestry of life and the grand tapestry of the universe. And so I sort of devoted myself at that time to learning how to listen. And I think the greatest component for me for listening, and it's really helped my intuitive ability, is to decipher what sort of messages I needed to hear. And the messages that I needed to hear were the ones that were based in love. Mm. And there's a lot of messages out there. And they seem right and they look right, but they're not. <laughs> and so that was sort of my step to teach me how to listen, was to learn the basis of love. And that started with uh, self-care, self-love, learning how to accept myself. And also started with sort of, I guess, a little bit more um, aggressive mm. thinking in learning how to spot a lie and learning how to spot fear. Because I believe that there's really only two languages in this world. There's a language of fear and there's a language of love. And so if anything, no matter how wonderful it sounds or beautiful, or if it's based in fear, if that's the deepest root, then it's not going to lead you to that intuitive life. It's not going to lead you to being connected, to being one. And so that was sort of how I really started fine tuning my ability to open up, to listen, to hear is, is this message sort of connected to the divine love? And once I sort of, um, became very well versed in that language, it opened up a big door to where I could see so much. I, I could see so much more than I ever thought possible. And that's when I started really being able to see like other people's auras to tap into, um, you know, I guess I had always been able to pick up on their emotions, but now I was able to pick a little bit more, sort of like their aspirations and the, their inner child and, you know, it, it gave me a deeper connection to my intuition that had already existed, that was already strong in me from my childhood. So. Mm, that's fantastic. I love to hear the different stories and the paths that all of us go through in order to reach higher levels of ourselves. And I think that's beautiful. And I think it's in the healing journey that we realize this and that the first, as you said, the first step is always to come to an understanding of what self-love is and, and, and to, um, yeah, of course, work with our shadow sides and, and to see what's buried deep inside of us and then finding that self-love, which a lot of people talk about, but what is it really like self-love? It's, it's not driven by the ego. It's about the acceptance of being a soul, a being here on this planet at this time with a higher purpose than we think and then finding value in that. So we don't just find value in our physical being, just finding the true value with that that is beyond the physical actually so i think that's a beautiful process and i think that um just when you're when you go that deep and you go that 
you just uh, descend down and then you start coming into the root of who you are, which is often the, the easiest way to do that is by going into one's darkness and just, um, just facing it and facing our fears because we carry, most of us carry a lot of fear from, from the time maybe we're born or even before that from past lives, if we believe in that and then throughout our life and we accumulate this and we need, I think that's where uh, yoga and meditation was really important for me to, to start working with the different levels of my body and to work on a also nutritional level with my body, working on, on all levels with, with breathing, with movement, with uh, stillness, with everything, all aspects. And it's a constant learning and, and it never ends. And it's, it's an evolution that we go through. So I think if we are meant to walk a path, we will do it. And, and that can, that pathway can lead to higher love and understanding as well. So, and, and for, we do that, the healing journey that, and I speak about it a lot or write about it a lot, that the healing I do within myself is a healing that the collective and the world also receives, also Mother Nature, everything, my past, my present, my future. Um, so I think that's a very important point that, that you talked about. Um, and I would love to know how, um, did you use any specific tools to cultivate self-love or was that like a like a subconscious process or was it something you did consciously and that you realized that you needed to work with yes it was very consciously done um the first time that i started self-love was with my inner talk to myself um mm. i noticed i think i was like 20 21 I noticed that I was telling myself multiple times throughout the day, no one could love you. And so that, mm -hmm. and when I realized that, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so toxic, you know? And I didn't really have a lot of words to express that, but I knew that it was bad. And so I, I started telling myself, you're worthy of love. I started telling myself that over mm -hmm. and over and over and over. And I was actually depressed for a lot of my teen years and just doing that one thing, that self-love, that inner talk, that, um, and it's truth and it's encouragement. It really sort, it really started healing me. It, it healed so many aspects of myself and I, I still had quite a few things to process, but that was one of the first things that I started doing. And I still, to this day, will watch my uh, self-talk being very transparent right now, one of the things that I'm struggling with is my abilities as an artist. I, you know, my self-worth as an artist, not as a person or as a woman, but as an artist, because, you know, I started in February. There's aspects of myself that still want to say, you're not good enough. Nobody's going to like your artwork. And still, you know, 10 years later, <laughs> And mm. it's just another way to show myself compassion and love when I'm like, no, Amanda, you are worthy. 
you are worthy and someone mm. needs this. And even if they do not, even if no one will ever like your artwork, even if no one will ever be touched by this, you need this. You are worthy enough to create this. And so it's just a continual process for me of speaking truth into my life, speaking that love into my life and just being my biggest fan, honestly. <laughs> self-love is all about being my biggest fan. Another way yes. that I practice self-love is acceptance. Um, I believe it was Lucas Gifford said that acceptance means that nothing has to change. And that was a really good statement for me because I was like, you know what? That is so true. That is what acceptance means. It doesn't mean that you don't want to grow and change. It doesn't mean that you don't want to be better. It means that you are good just as you are. You are a good person just as you are. And so that was another thing. It's another thing that I practice is acceptance. So let's say I'm having anxiety or let's say that I didn't exercise today and I don't exercise to lose weight, but I'm definitely exercising to stay healthy because I am sitting down a lot. You know, um, what I do is digital. I'm on the computer for hours at a time and I need to move. I need to move my body. I need to connect. And exercising is one of those ways that I'm teaching myself discipline, teaching myself to cherish my body. And it's a, it's a good way for me to love myself. And I don't there's nothing around it um, negative except if I don't do it. And then there'll be, you know, this little voice inside of me that says, oh, man, you didn't exercise today. And I'll be like, no, you know what? I accept myself exactly as I am. Regardless of anything that I do, I'm good. I am good. And so that is another way that I practice self-love is total and pure acceptance. No matter what I've done, no matter what I'm doing, no matter if I failed, no matter, no matter what has happened. Or even if I'm angry at myself, I accept myself in that anger and I accept my anger and I, I let myself feel it and I accept myself that it is okay. It is okay, you know. And so that has really just been a monumentous um, way to help to, to practice self-love. I know that a lot of people practice physical things as well. Um, for me, it's dancing but one of the biggest things is hiking. So I will go off by myself in the woods and I will not take my phone and I will just be in the woods and I will speak to the trees and I will stare at mushrooms <laughs> and I will listen to the birds. And so that is another way. So those are the main ways that currently right now I'm practicing self-love and, you know, drinking a lot of water. <laughs> yeah. That's always good. <laughs> so. Oh, I just love hearing this and it, it, it brings so much uh, love and, and inspiration and uh, peace uh, to hear this. And I think a lot of people need to hear this and to um, not feel alone and feel like they're going through uh, all of this alone because we all feel the same thing mm -hmm. and we can all be on in different stages of life uh, exactly in the same process so we just need to have that also feeling of oneness that it's it's humbling to feel like we, we are all connected and to know that i'm not 
the only one experiencing these things or um and just that we can support each other because we have the ability and the the tools now to connect with one another from like all parts of the world and i think that's a beautiful thing that we can uh, thank the internet for yeah. t- that we have that yeah <laughs> so it's not all a bad thing <laughs> yes instagram is a blessing uh, <laughs> yeah it is it's a beautiful medium to connect on an easy and and uh fun way and and just uh, I think we attract the people uh, that we're meant to cross paths with, even if it's uh, digitally or physically, just mentally or whatever. We we're all where we're supposed to be. And just like you said, just moving from trying to do so much and to become so much to just being and accepting that being and finding peace in, in beingness just i think surrender and just having some type of faith in the process is so important and and that will not just help ourselves that will help everything and everyone uh, around us and i think i would i'm i picked up when you were talking about your spiritual awakening one thing that really interests me and it's these out of body experiences or maybe it's astral projections how how did you experience these and how could you grow from them and what could you do with that well the first experiences that i had were sort of um they weren't something that i tried to do they were divinely led and i had visions of heaven, I would suppose you would say heaven. It was very celestial. And there was a lot of imagery that spoke to me in these visions. Um, I come from a Christian background and there was a lot of imagery in it that I didn't even know existed in that background, but that spoke to me. And so what it did for me, these um, out-of-body experiences, was really to sort of connect to the bigger universe, the great oneness, to see the um, broader aspect of the divine and to help me to feel like I was meant to be, you know, I was divinely planned. I was perfectly created. I um, had everything that I would ever need. And I had a, I guess, a mission, you could say a mission, but it's really Mm. just a place, a being, a purpose. And it was just to be me. The purpose was just to fully embody who I was. I think there's a lot of, well, for me, at least there's a lot of, um, that we have to be something, someone else. Like we have to have a career title or a job title, or, you know, we have to hit this certain goal. We have to like change the world on a physical level, we have to write a book or there's all these different things that we think is our purpose. You know, my, you know, and you could have this, just a list that goes on forever of all the purposes, quote unquote, that exist in this world and that we try to aspire to. 
And so having these experiences really helped me to see myself as my own purpose. My greatest purpose in life is to fully be who I am. (laughs) Mm. And um, that really, it gave me so much freedom. It gave me freedom to write, um, to be, to write fantasy books. (laughs) Well, one book, but (laughs) still (laughs) to write fantasy stories. It gave me the freedom to fully experience myself and to experience all the aspects of myself, all the aspects of my personality that maybe in the past had been labeled as bad. Um, but that it's, it was just a side of it, you know, and, and it gave me the freedom to see every aspect of myself, light and darkness as good as having a wonderful purpose of being able to teach me and feed me and something to not be afraid of. Just like you said earlier, um, uh, one of the ways that we grow is when we face our darkness and, having those experiences really helped me to not be afraid of my darkness at all. And it gave me the freedom that I needed to be who I was, be proud of who I was and want to grow more into that person. You know, if I hadn't have had that spiritual awakening season that I had, um, and when I was 25, 26, I wouldn't be where I am today. I, I could, tell you right now, I wouldn't be making collages and oracle cards. It was something that woke me up to the reality that I didn't need to chase anything outside of myself. Everything that I was meant to be, everything who I was, everything, everything I already had. And I still believe that I already have everything that I need. A lot of times if I'm looking for truth, you know, we're, we're sort of taught to look outside of ourselves for wisdom and truth or to look to people who have more experience or more knowledge or, and I'm I'm not saying that, you know, there aren't people out there who are very knowledgeable and that we can gain wisdom from. I'm just saying that I found for myself that I already have all the answers, even if there's no way that I can have the answer, I already have the answer. And I believe it's because, you know, we're all connected to the divine. We're all tapped in. We're all, we're all a part of this great oneness. And so that was, you know, that's how it really sort of helped me and impacted my life. I didn't have that many out-of-body experiences. I'll be completely honest with you. They kind of freaked me out <laughs> because I was like, I, what is going on? So um, it was something that I'm like, okay, I don't really want to have those anymore. And when you sort of, I, I've tell, I've, I can tell that whenever I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that anymore, it kind of doesn't happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but then when I open myself up, up to it, I'm like, oh, I want to experience this. It happens. And so that was um, something for me. I guess, honestly, though, if I'm being completely honest, I found that I guess I needed more grounding. It's like I had lived in this imaginary, like, made world of and totally outside of my body, you know, trying to project myself into all the things that I'm supposed to be. And it was like, after having those experiences, it's like, I just want to be me. You know, I just want to dig my toes into the ground and, you know, um, write something in my journal. I just want to enjoy making dinner. You know, I, I just want to be so present and so sort of obsessed with the mundane Mm. (laughs) that I, um, I felt like for me in that season that having those, that massive spiritual awakening, it sort of directed me into the mundane. And so I could learn all this beauty that was there. And, and I, so for me, I, 
I think of the spiritual and then also the mundane, I guess you could say physical, but sort of like the wondrous and the mundane as two sides to the same coin, because there's so much wonder in every day, you know, just Mm. feeling the wind on my skin. I mean, right now I'm staring at the trees outside of my window and the leaves are just spectacular, just all of those things. So having that experience really sort of opened my eyes to the wondrousness that exists everywhere around us. Mm. And so that, that is really, it helped me to see my purpose, to, to see that I am my own purpose and I'm my greatest purpose. <laughs> and to, not that we can't have other purposes though, for sure. And to really sort of cherish the wonder in the mundane things. Mm. Thank you so much. I think it's really valuable, everything that you have shared and, and it's, it's really inspiring. And I, I know that someone out there will listen and, and they will start <laughs> working on all these things uh, thanks to uh, everything that you have shared. And I think that's beautiful. We just spread the light and, and let the light grow in the world. So thank you so much. I'm super happy to have connected with you. And I would love for you to just share what, what you have to offer and what, what, where can people find you and what do you offer right now? Oh, sure, of course. So currently people can find me on Instagram at amanda.lynn.hales, H-A-I-L-S. And um, right now I'm offering custom collages that we kind of spoke about. And then the Oracle decks. I just finished the Inner Child Oracle deck. It's a 21 um, Oracle deck. It's a 3.5 uh, by 5 inches card. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> Some people will be like, oh, that's not the metric system. Yeah. But um, And I'm also planning on having uh, three other decks that are in the same series. So it's all going to be a series about inner healing and sort of inner guidance. Um, how to mentor your own self, how to sort of tap into that intuition. And each deck is going to be sold separately or together to create a, um, a giant 84 card deck that can be used just, you know, in your daily practices. Um, but most of it's going to be centered around inner healing, um, self-help, uh, self-care, self-love, and, you know, just the wisdom that you can find within. And in the future, I'm hoping to offer different um, things, maybe have a website, maybe have a few classes and courses. Um, but currently, that is, that's way in the future. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And I can't wait to see your Oracle cards and, and just seeing what you share uh, on Instagram. It's so amazing and beautiful. And... What is one last thing you would like to tell the listeners or just One share? last thing that mm. I would like to tell people is that whatever you think you can't do, you can do. Because my whole life is a testament to that statement. I have never thought that I could be the person that I am or do the things that I do. And I'll say that I'm, I'm not, I would not say that I'm doing anything spectacular, but I didn't think I could do it, you know. And so 
really believing in myself and trusting in myself and just opening myself up to who I was, was really so beautiful and so powerful. And don't be afraid of who you are. You know, don't be afraid that it's not enough because it is, it's totally enough. And know that the message that you hold within your soul is, you know, other people are going to be blessed by it. Don't be afraid of that message. So that would, (laughs) that would be my, um, little last snippet for everyone (laughs) something that I feel strongly about oh of course and thank you so much for having me on this podcast it's such an honor (laughs) thank you so much I love this conversation and I'm looking forward to connecting with you and thank you so much I'm sending you so much love and blessings and I hope to speak to you soon again okay thank Thank you you. (laughs) thank you Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this very first episode. I hope you found some healing and some guiding through this episode and through Amanda's work. I would love to hear back from you what you thought about the episode, what feelings and emotion that arise and how it might have helped you on your path. So if you have time, please leave a review or connect with me through Instagram. I hope that you stay tuned and that you look out for new episodes that are coming up. Let's take a deep breath in through the nose and exhale through the mouth. And just feel that love and connection all around you. I'm sending you so much love, abundance and healing. Namaste.